Over a hill and under a misty mountain, deep within the unceded Musqueam territory of Vancouver, British Columbia, I'm Doug Vandalay with another episode of Comedy Zeitgeist. You can follow the show on Twitter at Comedy Zeitgeist and pester me at Doug Vandalay. Hello to everyone listening on CITR 101.9, here for the first 30 minutes of the show. I'm here with a comedian who's at the top of everybody's lists, the talented, the very funny Randy Newmeyer. How's it going, Randy? Well, so this is going to be on the radio? <laughs> yeah, well, the first 30 minutes, the first 30 minutes, because I've got a 30-minute time slot. Uh, I'll be playing the, the first episode uh, with uh, that was with Carla Meyer and Raquel Belmonte next Monday. Uh, the person who had the show beforehand, Nico McEwen, it was finding the funny and sort of switching over the helm. He moved to Surrey, and the radio station is in UBC, so oh, yeah, it's kind of a hassle. Like, I'm going to be able to mail it in, but... Uh, he didn't have the equipment to record at home or anything. And I think he's doing mostly writing these days. But uh, I'm going to be having Nico on the show in a few weeks, so um, keep your ear out for that one. Anyway, you uh, messaged me uh, last week that you were just walking in to see Solo. Yeah, it was it was actually good. <laughs> you liked it? Um, it was the second funniest Star Wars movie, definitely. Um, not counting that the episode one to three were funny because they were really bad but like general genuinely like funny and it was like dumb humor a lot of the time but it was yeah good. yeah what do you think it was the first most funny Star oh uh definitely the last jedi like when that movie opens with the the distract phone call i was like mm, you never see that in a star wars movie do you the distract I, I don't remember that bit I don't want to like wreck it. Well, if you haven't seen it already, then you probably don't give a shit about Star Wars. But um, there's like the part where um, Poe phones the, I don't know what it's called, uh, that Dungle guy, <laughs> the redhead. Oh, uh, Bill Weasley. Like, yeah, yeah, and he's like, <laughs> he's distracting him with like this this like phone call, and it's funny to do something else. Yeah, I can't remember. I saw it. Yeah, no, I remember ago. now. And he's <laughs> he's like sitting in his X-wing waiting yeah. for it. <laughs> yeah, back to this Star Wars podcast. Yeah, people seem to be slamming Solo a lot, but I really liked it. I thought it felt more like the original trilogy than mm-hmm. anything else I've seen for a while. I don't know why people were slamming it, because it's actually a good movie. They're just being know. contrarians or something? Like, I was bothered by the fact that that guy was going to play Han Solo, because his voice is so high, hmm. and it really, like, bothered me. Well, people get deeper as they get older. Well, Maybe he got into the, like... Space, space diaries. Already, yeah. But, um, but th- during the movie, I didn't notice at all. So I was like, oh, that's fine. Maybe there's a bit between Solo and episode four where he gets like a two pack a day habit. <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> in the, the extended Do they universe. they have cigarettes in space? They got then? death sticks in the, uh, if you remember in the prequel trilogy, someone tries to sell Obi-Wan death oh, sticks. Oh, yeah. Okay. I just watched the. <laughs> first one. <laughs> oh, for the first time no um for the second time i saw it once when i was a kid and then i watched it with my boyfriend because he bought episodes one to three <laughs> like a loser. oh you mean the, the the three best episodes of star wars yeah <laughs> uh we can move on from that anyway you were on uh retail nightmares with alicia tobin and jessica delisle mm-hmm. and uh yeah so i listened to the two episodes you were on and yeah. Because I haven't met you before and I haven't met them, I couldn't really tell who was talking. There's a bit oh, of the really? same voice going on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I laugh a lot. Okay, they laugh a lot too. So I guess I, by the end tell. of the second one, I could tell the three of you apart, but uh, I couldn't in the first one. But 
Is it? You have so you many perv stories. <laughs> well, you you guys all do have accents. It's I don't have an accent where I'm from. That's what I meant. Like, yeah. is it because we have accents to use? So you're mm. like, can't like sometimes I'll think of celebrities and other celebrity if they have an accent. Well, for instance, it's really easy to tell Carla and Raquel's voices. Apart. Oh yes, very yeah. <laughs> well. Raquel's like on two packs a day. <laughs> yeah, like Han Solo. Like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, so you have so many stories of uh, perverts you're coming across. Like, was that was that your story, the naked man in the yard? Yeah. Well. You see, I'm a woman, so I have. We all have these stories. <laughs> we all have lots of them. It's my my privilege showing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to. I don't know. Yeah, creepy things happen. I was. <laughs> this will make you laugh. Okay. So, okay. Good. Um. Actually, it's kind of scary too. But like, it's the dumbest reason. So I met this guy at Astoria. Like, it was probably five years ago now. And um, we were like drunk and we were like, let's go watch The Office. And then he was going to walk me home from the Astoria to my apartment, which is like an hour and a half walk or something. And so we're walking and we start talking about The Office. And he's saying that the British office is better than the American office. And I'm like, uh uh I disagree, blah, blah, blah. And then he threatened to punch me in the face. Like, but seriously. Like legitimately punch Legitimately you. wanted, he was in a rage. And the weird thing is because I thought he would be a nice guy because he was from New Zealand. I was like, I was like, Australian. R- Russell are- Crowe is from New Zealand. <laughs> is he? I yeah. thought he was Australian. That's what everyone thinks, but he's a Kiwi. You know, he's, he's a. Uh, well, I have since learned that. Australians are much more violent. <laughs> New Zealanders, especially since I saw these New Zealanders doing the most disgusting thing. Like, you know the little trench thing on a bar where all the liquids fall in? Yeah. They picked it up and they were putting it the liquid in shot glasses and drinking it. I don't know if that's a New Zealand thing. There's just, Is that just... <laughs> I don't know. It's just like... <laughs> well, not a New Zealand thing. I was just like, okay. There's jaggers everywhere. New Zealand is Brett and Jermaine. <laughs> Hashtag not all New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So this guy threatened me, punched me in the face over the office and so i like walked as fast as i could to get away from him and then he made me walk let me like made me let him walk me home and then (laughs) and that's like very it was scary and then when we finally got like to my street i was just like you know you can't come in right like you threatened to punch me in the face and he was like oh yeah (laughs) So that's not really funny, but it's just very funny that someone was so yeah rageful. that they got so upset over that. Yeah, well, I've had a screaming fight with someone over Tom Hanks, so like it can happen. You pro Tom Hanks? Pro, yes. Yeah, thanks. Mm-hmm. With a dot. But I, I, what was the uh, fight over? This person didn't like Tom Hanks. That's impossible. And um, did I, they have reasons? I they hated Forrest Gump. A lot of people hate Forrest Gump. I can't remember their reasons because it was like 10 years ago. <laughs> but I just still remember like yelling at him in a rage. But I was 18, so. <laughs> yeah, it happens. I'm yeah. sure I've got heated about things as well. <laughs> uh, so so that show, Retail Nightmares, uh, obviously about retail nightmares, uh, of which you had quite a lot. Um, do you still work in retail? No, I actually work in an in a fancy office for my boss is a millionaire it's weird a millionaire yeah is is that like what his job is no he just is one you know right <laughs> i work at a high fashion company oh that's cool mm-hmm. can i ask what 
Nah. Okay. <laughs> like it's on every bus. Yeah. The advertisement is on every bus. Everywhere. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask if you, uh, I was going to steal their shtick and ask uh, <laughs> if you had any more to share. Do you have any that you haven't said on their Creepy podcast? Ones. Or just retail nightmares in general? Retail nightmares. I don't think about my retail life as much anymore since I escaped it. There's this guy who used to be obsessed with me, and he would invite me on, like, vacations to Mexico and stuff. And I would always be like, but if I get my own room. (laughs) He's like, no, you have to stay in the same room as me. I'm like, no. But uh, that guy was so weird. So, oh, that's actually the guy who, if you listen to the first Retail Nightmares, yeah. he's the guy who I said, like, this is a shitty tip, and he kicked the the box thing, uh, the newspaper box. He was mad. It's a good story if you guys want to listen to that podcast. <laughs> but um, I actually found out that this guy, like, he would always be, like, fine, and then he would just be sad, and he would be like, don't even fucking talk to me. And and then I found out it was because he had a, a brain tumor and he had a 50-50 chance of getting rid of it, but he wouldn't get the surgery because he didn't want to take the chance. It's like so, Schroding his tumor. So then he just went up to the Yukon to slowly die. How long ago was this? This was probably four years ago. So I'm like, he like moved to the Yukon. It's very oh, weird. Good luck, Yukon man. Yeah. Take the operation, bro. <laughs> yeah. Or just get drunk enough to do it yourself. Oh, he was a monster though. He would like get wasted. Was this at Boston Pizza? No, this is at um Best Neighbors. Is that a bar? It's like a Greek restaurant. Right. Yeah. You love cats. I've gathered from my research. Really? You think that? <laughs> yeah, I love cats too. <laughs> Who are you following right now? Oh, um, well, always um, Boomang. Oh, oh, fuck. My phone's not on. Okay, so there's this, um, there's this woman in, I think it's Japan, and she has nine cats. But she has like her favorite cat, which is a orange tabby, which is my favorite as well. And um, this orange tabby recently had kittens with Lily, who's like half Siamese, half something else. Um, she's not interesting, but um, <laughs> they had these like cute kittens, and now like their Instagram's the best. But there's this one video where like so the Benny, the orange cat, he loves her son, so like he was putting his hand on like under the cat and the cat wouldn't like do anything it would just sit there and then the mom would put her hand under the cat and it would flip out and they kept doing it over and over again it's like cats really have favorites oh yeah they do <laughs> definitely oh uh, my cat back in australia that i missed she's called uh goreback and um, goreback. <laughs> goreback yeah so we got her from this place called the cat haven which is like a uh a cat refuge like a pound mm-hmm. and all the people who work there are obviously crazy cat ladies. And so they gave all of them really weird names. And she's got really wide hips, this cat. Yeah. And so she was called Baby Got Back. <laughs> but on their website, they had misspelled her name Baby Goreback because the T is next to an R. Mm-hmm. And so we just thought her name was Goreback for the longest time and it, and it stuck. But she acts like a dog. You can scratch her belly and she rolls around. 
That's cute. That sounds like a name like from like Bill and Ted. Like that alien would be called Gorbak. <laughs> it does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, people always ask about her name, but she's got a, one of those really long names that you give animals sometimes. Mm. Yeah, I used to long-term cat sit. But like the cats, it's I don't know what's wrong with me, but um, when cats live with me for a long time, they start to become bitchy. And I'm like, are they just like living off my aura? <laughs> but um, yeah, I had this one cat that was like, it was, well, he's like the best cat I've ever met. He's a tuxedo cat, but he would um, slap my face. Like if I was sleeping, he would slap it. Oops. And then he, and then he would run away. It was very funny. <laughs> Maybe it's like when you're in a relationship, right? The longer you're with someone, the more you sort of start to uh, nitpick them because you're comfortable mm. with them. Maybe the cats are the same. They're yeah. like not trying to impress you anymore. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah Maybe we're like... anthropomorphizing them too much. <laughs> I'm sure you've been asked this before, and I, I almost didn't want to ask you, but are your parents Randy Newman fans? I don't think so. Do you, my name? Do you want to know why I have this shitty name? <laughs> it's not shitty. It's interesting. Like, um, It's so weird. I moved from my small hometown where no girls were named Randy. As soon as I moved, another Randy moved into town with the same spelling, the two E's on the end. And I was like, what is this? But um, it's from, my mom told me that it's because she was watching a talk show and she saw the name in the credits. And I'm like, I don't freaking believe you. It's like Maury Povich or something? I don't know, but I I went on IMDb. There's no Randys with that spelling except for like a porn star. So I'm like, you mean you were watching the credits of a porn? <laughs> but uh, that that's how I assume it came to be. <laughs> well, you're on IMDb. I know, I have the one... <laughs> I'm like, who adds these things? I hate that sketch. Was that uh, for Fuck You Beard? Yeah. <laughs> How much research do you do? Did you find my MySpace? <laughs> oh, I wish. That's a good idea. I should start looking for people's MySpaces. Uh, no, I do I do research after work one night a week. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is it's something that uh, Grey Maid Church asked me after we'd already had the mics off. Because like, I said I, I almost feel creepy doing it. And he said, did, do you enjoy it? Like when you start digging this stuff up about people. And I have to admit that it is, there is something satisfying about it when you find these little nuggets. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having uh, Matty Vu on soon from uh, Blood Feud. Mm-hmm. Apparently he used to be a private eye. Um, yeah, he would. Um, he's still. Well, not. I don't know if he's been a private eye. His job right now is that he. He basically like he works in insurance, I think, and he tries to find out if you're lying. So like he goes on your social media, he goes on like be kind of fun, but also really brutal. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna ask him all about it. (laughs) So I read in a Discord or interview that you want to turn your comic strip into a graphic novel. I actually just did a did that comic script for Aaron Reed is doing like a comics on comics um thing for comedy waste fest so like you're gonna be able to see my comic in his newspaper that he's making yeah do you draw that yeah (laughs) i I haven't actually seen it uh it's called the untold stories of jesus and joseph and it's about how joseph doesn't love jesus because he's not his real son 
So like Jesus is just always like, love me. And then Joseph's just like, no, <laughs> like that's basically, it's a set up punchline. It's only a two panel comic. How many of those have you done? I actually used to have it in a newspaper, um, like an independent newspaper in my hometown. But then I got sick of doing that. Can you find them online now? Uh, I don't think so, but I do have all the newspapers still. But I do have a Facebook page for it that I haven't updated in like three years. <laughs> it's just uh, the untold stories of Jesus and Joseph. If you Googled that on or Facebooked it. <laughs> you still planning to turn it into a graphic novel? I think so. Well, maybe just a Facebook page. It's like, it's so set up punchline. Like it's just like set up punchline and then it's done. Well, in that same interview, you said uh, you wanted to develop your pilot. Well, the pilot that I did have is dead <laughs> um, because they made two shows very similar to it. And then those, one of those shows was successful and then the other one got canceled. So I'm like, that's not anything anymore. And the pilot I wanted to do was like, it was kind of like the stand-up scene from a female's perspective because I haven't seen that done yet. Like modern, I don't know. There's like a show on Amazon about a female stand-up, but um, but this 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 idea was before there were a million shows about stand-up comedians. Yeah. But um, it would be interesting to see it from the female side because it's like very different. Like men are terrible. <laughs> it's uh, I can't believe I almost every episode. I mean, this is only episode three, but it'd be like a almost <laughs> like a payback to Louis, right? Yeah, because yeah, cause that would be an interesting thing, like, looking at it from, like, what, like, because our, our community had to deal with Me Too. Like, a bunch of people came out and were like, this guy sexually assaulted me. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's, like, but, like, obviously with tragedy, there's, like, comedy. So it, it's, like, a could be a good thing. I mean, you could still make it. Yeah, that's and true. Netflix is supposed to be picking up like 500 shows this year. So you do the list with uh, S.A. Otawa and uh, I'm going to butcher this name, Fatima. Fatima Fat Dore. Thank you. I was going to do both <laughs> names wrong. All right. So you do the list, the list with them. Can you uh, tell us about that? Uh, so the list is, um, I like to make, well, this is my idea because I really like making lists. And I also like the improv community. A lot. So I was like, you do a comedic list, and it could be anything. It could be like one thing, because I did one that was just one thing. It was how many times I've seen my dad cry, which is once. And then, or you could do it like, I try to like be like cap it at like six. But um, you do a list, and then the improvisers go up right after you. So even if you bomb, you're saved, <laughs> which is nice. <laughs> but um, it's like, it's just like a super fun show, because. It's basically like being in on an in on a joke the whole time because like I don't know why people people just brains like that where like you know what the thing is and then you it's like a callback. People love callbacks. Yeah. It's basically what it is, yeah. Cool. It's fun. It's like more of a structured Harold even. I thought it was called a, a mondo? Mundo? <laughs> It's like a, an improv game like they do at yeah, UCB. I think it's Armando. It's, um yeah, where someone does stand-up and then you go and Oh, that's uh, play that, off that's actually it. more accurate uh, reference than what I was making. Have you ever listened to Affirmation Nation? 
No. You familiar with the with the comedian Seth Morris? Yeah. So he has this character Bob Doga. You say Seth Myers? Seth Morris. Has he ever been on Comedy Bang Bang? All the time. Oh, okay, I've probably heard him then. And uh, yeah, Bob Doga, his character is uh, canonically Scott's stepdad in Comedy Bang Bang. Oh. And he's always injured and he's really pathetic. But he has this uh, podcast called Affirmation Nation. Mm-hmm. And the character Bob Doga often reads lists in it. Yeah. Um, I've got one uh, in the bank if you want to hear it. Recently, I was embraced by the hip hop community. And because of this, some of my new rapper friends have given me the following nicknames. Two Canes, Low Blood Sugar Knight, Biggie Palsy, Sean Puff Knuckle Combs, P Drippy, Wheezy, Sneezy, Sore Neasy, Engorged Pun, Ice Pack, Notorious HPV, Lupus Fiasco, Shitty, DM Exhausted, Tupac Low Blood Shakur, Aesop Rocky Health Outlook, Sick Ross, Easy E. coli, Dr. Dre, Patient Zero, and Macklemore. Thank you, friends, for giving me these pseudonyms. There's something. Someone actually did a list just like that on the list. They did really? their rap names. But uh, I guess this is from the lens of the character. He's just always mm-hmm. sick and decrepit and pathetic. <laughs> the list reminded me of that anyway. On the Sea Hags podcast, you talked about spending a gap year in England. Um, what did you do while you were there? Well, I was a server and I cleaned rooms. Uh, <laughs> but there, the first time I went, okay, so I worked in, I went to London. I got a job. No, I went to Edinburgh first. I got a job. So I went to Whitchurch. I worked that job. I got fired from that job. Then I went to London and I lived in a pub with all these other travelers and I just sat around and like watched movies and then like went shopping at Topshop. Like that was basically all I did. I could have done a lot of things, but I didn't. And then I went to Alphacombe with my uh, former best friend (laughs) and um, I got a job working at a hotel and yeah, and I cleaned rooms and served basically. Yeah. Did you do any comedy? No, this is before I ever, like I wanted, to, I've always wanted to be a sitcom writer, but I never like, I was never like, I'm going to perform. I only ever started performing because Ann Beats told me to. You Who's know, that? Ann Beats is, uh, she's one of the original SNL writers. Oh, cool. She like came to my school and cause uh, we won like a talk with her. And she was like, if you want to write comedy, then you have to get your face out there because you can't just like be this non-existent person. Do you have a list of uh, sitcoms, of, um, of situations for comedy? Sometimes. I don't know. I do have like all these ideas for web series, but I never get around to writing them because I'm so lazy. <laughs> you, can, you can just say busy. People oh. will believe it. Well, stand-up's like forever ruining your brain you know you think about things differently well you're just like constantly like i need to write new jokes i need to write new jokes and then you don't and then you just feel like shit all the time that's what stand-up is if you want to get into it (laughs) you said in a mini documentary called vancouver comic oh god (laughs) 
You said that you, you took a stand-up comedy class. Uh, is that how you got your start? Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone was like trying to push me to do it. So finally, my friend who had just done the class was like, you better do the class. So I did the class. And it's like, it wasn't that I didn't think I was funny. It's just that I'm not a public speaker. Hmm. Like it's gotten, it's taken me years to get even like comfortable on stage. Like when I started, I would hold a piece of paper and my hand would shake so hard. Like people who I started with still remember when my hand would shake. Like very scary. (laughs) But now it's fine. Well, famously, Mitch Hedberg never got over it. Oh, really? I mean, that's why he had his hair long and the sunglasses, Mm because he had crippling stage fright Oh yeah. as well. Uh, (laughs) R.I.P. Yeah. (laughs) I turned my my stalking style of uh, research on my guests. I'm thinking of turning it into a segment called uh, Revisionist History. I love your Twitter banner, by the way. Of all the, the possums. <laughs> yeah. And so what I've done here is gone spelunking through your Twitter all the way back to 2011. Whoa. And uh, found some found some tweets I wanted to ask you about. Spelunking? Spelunking. Like cave diving. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Like, how'd you go that far back? I found, you wouldn't even let me go that I far found back. I found a uh, service. I googled how to do it easily so that I wouldn't have to keep oh. scrolling. And I got one that uh, goes from the beginning forwards. Hmm, yeah. Did it get better? <laughs> You've actually got a pretty consistent style. I mean, it gets more polished, but um, mm-hmm. uh, there was a lot of talking about Game of Thrones at the beginning. <laughs> hey, that was like when it was starting, you know? Oh, when yeah. I talk about Game of Thrones it. all the time. <laughs> on the 18th of August, 2011, you said, I wish Kids in the Hole was still on TV. I have an amazing idea for a chicken lady sketch. Do you Do you remember Fuck. what that was? What the fuck was it? It was. It had something to do with her coming, of course, because if it, you gotta have coming if you're a chicken lady sketch. Hmm. That really bothers me that I can't remember. Like I've really lost brain cells within the last five years. Well, if if someone brought you that prompt now, like let's say you were the improviser and that was in their list, chicken lady sketch. I what do you think I would it would have be? Her eat chicken nuggets. <laughs> But I have no idea It's what. just the camera locked on someone eating maybe a hundred chicken nuggets or something. I really wish I could remember. I wonder if my friend Maya would know. Back then, I was like, when I first started Twitter, I was like living in her basement Is that suite. Maya Saxel? Yeah. The next one is at Maya Saxel, and it says, lol, I remember that now. I make a wonderful gimp, but I couldn't see what you were replying to. I honestly would have to go look. There was one time where I was just standing in her her living room and I just and was on the ground. Bruce like, Willis like a came in with a samurai sword. Yeah, basically like it was like someone had just come and like pushed me over and I was just on the ground all of a sudden and I was just like everyone like came and gathered around me and I was just like, I don't know what happened. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a gimp. She called me a or did she actually mean like? Well, oh, all I have again, here. It might actually be about a gimp. It says, "At Maya Saxel, lol." I remember that now. I make a wonderful gimp, but I, do, I don't have what it's in reply to. It's def. Oh, for some reason I was thinking it the other way. Yeah. Okay. So she did write a sketch where like these grandmas had a gimp in a basement. I make a wonderful. It sounds like gimp. it could be right. You could play the gimp in the basement. Oh. 
that's possible. Maybe it's because I was living below her. I don't know. <laughs> Did that sketch ever see the light of day? Well, it was like a live sketch show. Um, so I actually have that video, the the whole sketch show on a, my old computer. Fuck, I need to get that off my computer <laughs> before it dies. So on the, uh, the 19th of July, 2012, Granville Island is a pedo's dream right now. Oh, I was just walking around. There's a lot of kids. <laughs> Were they particularly attractive kids or something? It was just, you know, when there's so That's many That's going to get taken out of context. <laughs> that you're annoyed. You're like, this is too many kids. Like so Every day of school for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that, that's less nefarious than I thought. All right. And uh, this last one, a guy who hates uh, Sarah Silverman says, I remind him of her. Compliment or compliment? So that was pretty apropos, because in the second half of the show, uh, we're going to be talking about Sarah Silverman. But anyway, I'm, I'm sure that's been about half an hour. Usually I have uh, Talia Murdoch sitting up there, um, watching the levels, making sure this is still recording. But um, she's in, a, in Kelowna right now. Anyway, for anyone on CITR, thanks so much for tuning in. That's the end of our time slot, but you can hear the full episode along with other podcasts on cavegoblins.com. For anyone else, stick around. We've still got lots more to talk about with Randy. Now, I just want to do a little plug for everything economics. Now, I just want to do a little plug for everything economics on the Cave Goblin Network. Talia Murdoch hosts this informative and engaging podcast on, you guessed it, everything economics in a relatable and easy to digest way. That's everything economics on cavegoblins.com. But back to it. As I said before the break there, I asked, uh, so I asked uh, Randy about a week before the show who she'd like to talk about today, and she picked Sarah Silverman. <laughs> I picked her not she's not necessarily my favorite. I just picked her cuz she's like the first comic I saw who like made me think I could do stand up cuz like she's dirty but still like silly in a, and like thoughtful. Yeah. Yeah. What was your first impression of her? Where where did you first see her? I think the first time I saw her it was uh Jesus's Magic and she was doing all those songs with like stand up in between. Is that a stand-up special? Yeah, that's her. I think that's her first stand-up special. She like does all these songs. Like there's um, uh, Jewish people driving German cars. Um, You're gonna die soon. That's like an old folk song. Uh, what else is there? Yeah, there's just like a bunch of like songs. Like, have you ever watched her TV show? The Sarah Silverman program. program? Yeah. I uh, no, I haven't. I've always been meaning to because I'm. Um, I'm a big fan of Brian Posehn. Mm-hmm. It's just like, I love it when people sing. They She's always just like has that thing where like she'll sing too. That by her show had a lot of songs that were really funny. Like, um, like uh, listen to White Dog Poo, um, Lost Boyfriend. Yeah, Lost Boyfriend and This Is The Poop Song. Those are all good ones. I think my first impression of Sarah Silverman was uh, as... Patty DeMarco or Ned Ned Schneevy, what was his name on School of Rock? Oh yeah, yeah. She always got those bitchy girlfriend roles. Yeah, and so I didn't know that she was a comedian for the longest mm-hmm. time. Yeah, I kind of didn't like her. Like you know, when you don't actually know who someone is, and you just see them yeah. playing the same role over and over again. But then I'm like, I know she's not a bitch. <laughs> it kind of speaks to the industry, though, right? That she keeps getting put in those roles and not getting well, now- given her comedic voice back then. Yeah, back then. Now she can do whatever the 
skills she wants. Oh yeah, she's she's uh she's an A-lister now. I would argue. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Um, I saw her at a comedy festival in uh Irvine, California, like outside LA, uh, back in uh 2014. Mm-hmm. And she absolutely killed it. So it was up on this big hill, and there was like a thousand people just sitting watching this stage. First time I've been to a comedy festival that was like a music festival, where they just had acts on stage one after the other, mm-hmm. and everyone in the front few rows had paid like hundreds of dollars for their tickets so all the comedians were just roasting the hell out of them oh yeah and there was this kid in the front row who clearly got it for a birthday present or something it was like 17 or something and sarah silverman just straight away just went and sat in his lap and then just sitting there like stroking his hair and complimenting him and then just gives him the mic it's like now it's your turn <laughs> that's cute which was pretty amazing she was a recurring writer and actor on snl well, she got fired. She yeah. was there for a year, and then they fired her by fax. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know this story. Yeah. I believe, yeah, it was a fax, I think, that she found out she was fired. What, for for being crass? or? No, I think sh- they just, like, you know, sometimes people don't recognize genius. You know, like, yeah. Larry David used to do stand-up, and he was the worst stand-up. He, like, never got laughs. Then he makes the best sitcom of all time. It's like you, you're sometimes you're just not meant for that thing. Yeah, you know? I don't think she was meant for SNL. Sure, got a foot in the door in some places. Yeah, she met the right people, and I had this this myth that Jenny Slate was the only person to be fired. Oh, people from get SNL. fired all the time. <laughs> like at the end of the year, they always fire someone. Well, it's like not not being renewed is maybe not the same thing. It's like getting made redundant at work. Mm-hmm. Getting made redundant by, uh, you know, Lonely Island or something. <laughs> At that point. Have you seen her Aristocrats bit? I have actually, but I haven't seen it in years. So she was actually uh, sued for defamation after this bit. I don't put the Aristocrats on my resume anymore, you know. It doesn't take away from, like, my pride. I actually was an aristocrat. It's kind of weird to be a part of that legend it was my mom my dad me my brother and my nana my father would come out on stage the music would play and he would start masturbating my brother comes out they do a like a mutual masturbation kind of like a dueling banjos they're holding hands and spin i stay in a stationary position when the assholes come by and i lick the assholes and in one motion my mother um both pinkies up their assholes as they come it's pretty it's pretty spectacular and it's all about timing my brother has down syndrome did i say that people might think it's a setback but really it's a selling point it's not a handicap i don't want to say it's a gift we think of it as a gift just in terms of ticket sales but i mean we think of it as showing the other beauties that God creates, like the ones with the bigger foreheads and the lower eyelids. They ever ask you to be on The Tonight Show? Not The Tonight Show, but Joe Franklin loved The Aristocrat. He was like our rehearsal director when Dad and my brother weren't there and my mother and my Nana weren't there. I was on his show. He said it wasn't a taped show, um, but we, we like, did a show. Like, in his apartment? Yeah, it was his office. But he had a, um, 
bed in it, <laughs> like a couch that he called Uncle Joe's bed for little people, because a couch is like a bed for little people, you know? Joe Franklin raped me. Where did that, that says Sarah Solomon did suicide on May 27, 2010. Jimmy Kimmel is still haunted by the memory of Sarah calling him Joe when he'd bang her. Someone wrote that. Th this whole <laughs> this whole page is insane. Um, is look, reread this, re this the, the description of the video. Joe Franklin raped me. Uh, three exclamation points. Goodbye, cruel world. Jimmy, I'm sorry I could never open myself to a good sexual climax while I was with you. Likewise, I'll always wonder why you couldn't bring it like a real man the way Joe Franklin could. Some really good erotic feet shots of Sarah Silverman in this, too. Oh my god. What a nutcase. The 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 YouTube <laughs> account is called Joe Franklin Right <laughs> Me. Oh, I'm gonna have to dive into them later. See what they else got they've got. Vids up. <laughs> well, let's find out. Maybe. No, just that one. So Sixty-three thousand views, though. <laughs> so in a July two thousand one interview uh, on Conan, she used the racial slur "chink" in explaining that a friend advised her to avoid jury duty by writing a racial slur on the selection form. Something inappropriate like I hate chinks. Silverman said she decided that she did not want to be thought of as a racist, so wrote, I love chinks, and who doesn't? So the Media Action Network for Asian Americans, or MANA, objected to her use of the slur. But yeah, what do you, what do you think about that? It's like, it's like, well, you can't do that. You could never do that joke now. Like, no. that would never fly. Like, people would be on her ass on Twitter. Like no one, she'd have to issue an apology, right? Yeah. So she's testing the waters with that, even. Well, she, well, she, that's just like her comedy. Like, have you ever? There's like this song she would sing, and it would be like, it's like black or, uh, fuck, what is it? It's something about, um, it's something to do with black people, and she's like black people. Fuck, I can't remember what it was. She would play the, the guitar, and it was also like something similar to that, but it wasn't a racial slur. It was just something like there are a lot of erotic fade like, shots in the video. No, but like I don't know. I think like that was what year was that? Two thousand eleven. You said two thousand one. Oh, 2001. July of two thousand one. So you know, before the world lost its innocence. Yeah, I'm not gonna judge her on two thousand one racial slur, because like obviously. She's not racist. Like we've all yeah. seen her. She was she on Bob's Burgers. She plays uh, Andy or Ollie. I'm not sure which. Yeah, and her sister plays the other one. Is that the rabbi? Her sister? No, Laura Silverman. The, the so she actress. has two sisters. She, I believe, she has three. Three? Is it? Well, yeah, I know one's a rabbi. It's either two or three. I can't remember. I always love in her stand up when she refers to her rabbi sister as the rabbi. <laughs> And in the in the league, uh, she plays Andre's sister Heather. You go watch what? The, the league. I've been rewatching that recently. The league. I, the league. It's oh. maybe my accent. Oh yeah, I yeah. I used to watch the league. It's a little weird rewatching it. Like my first watch through was so different. I didn't realize Pete was such a sociopath in it. You know, Mark Duplass's character. Mm hmm. Yeah. He maybe is. It, maybe it's only because I watched Creep and Creep Two quite recently. Mm. You seen those oh, ones? Oh, I. Uh, I keep seeing that on Netflix, and it's I'm really like, good. I want to watch that. They're really good. 
yeah, that show, like, first of all, I hate that one guy who lied about 9-11, like, after I just couldn't watch it the same again. What? The guy who plays the husband, Steve something. Oh, that plays the character Kevin. Yes. That guy's a fucking train wreck in that show. He lied about someone in his family being in the towers. Really? When 9-11 happened. And then they found out that he had lied. And he had to basically like apologize and everything. And it's like, who are you? <laughs> Why would you do that? So I after I heard that, I was just like, I hate this guy. I hate looking at his face. <laughs> I can't stand. So so him, Pete, Mark DePlace's character, and Jenny, the uh, female lead, mm-hmm. are all just horrible. Well, it's kind of one of those shows where everyone's just terrible. But except then, for Andre. But then Andre, <laughs> Ruxin, and Taco are great. Like, yeah. Like, Rux and Nick Kroll's character is honest about what a what a monster he is, and it makes him better. It's like mm-hmm. redeemable. But then, like Kevin, Jenny, and Pete, they think they're good people. Oh, I love Raffi. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jason, Jason Manzukas. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's so good. I I was once I went to a UCB show in LA, and I was just standing in the line. I didn't get in. It'd be the second UCB show I didn't get into from lining up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just staring like, that guy looks a shitload like Jason Mantzoukas for like 20 minutes. And then he left and I realized it was him. And I told all my friends they were pretty pissed off because like we we're all big fans. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I was just staring at Jason Mantzoukas for 20 minutes. <laughs> I'd say maybe her most A-list character was Vanellope in Wreck-It Ralph. Which yeah. is just, was so like off-brand for her, I think. But, you know, get paid. I don't know if it's off-brand because she's she seems like a sweet person and she has that mm. sweet voice. Like... Like, if you ever watched her TV show, there's this song called Making New Friends. And it's like, it's supposed to be, it's a little boy singing it, but it's not actually him singing it. It's him lip syncing to Sarah singing it as a little boy. So, like, I think she does stuff like that all the time that's, like, cute. Oh, geez. And I've I've put this note definitely in the wrong place, but I've I've written. So, uh, (laughs) in her early life, she had a, said she had a Xanax addiction and suffered from depression and bedwetting well into her teens did you know about that yeah i actually was a bedwetter too so i always was like i have that in common with her you hit any other points in the mcdonald triad <laughs> in the what triad the mcdonald triad it's a, a psychological uh oh, the serial killer the thing? serial killer thing um i know someone who's about a 10 on all three of them but no, well, I thought there were four. I thought it was hurting animals, uh, head injury, wetting the bed, and setting fires. I actually tried to do a joke about how I might be a future serial killer, but every time I did it, it would just, like, suck. <laughs> but, like, yeah. Wetting the bed sucks. I bet. <laughs> I guess this is kind of like a humble brag, but my parents told me it was weird that I would never wet the bed as a baby weird like i don't even pee when i was awake i've wet the bed twice as an adult Mm. but never as a kid and it's always from being drunk and dreaming that i was in the toilet yeah that sucks though when you're dreaming and you're just like you're pee like you're peeing but you can never unfeel the the feeling of peeing it sucks although i've never peed the bed since i was 13 so like i'm like that's pretty good you know well i mean guess you you trained yourself not to right I think my, well, the, the reason people pee the bed is because their bladders haven't um, matured. So, like, they just can't hold pee that long. Right. You know? 
this bladder is very mature now. Good. <laughs> uh, before you go, is there anything you'd like to plug? Uh, I want to plug my Twitter, which is at Randy Noodle. That's Randy with two E's. And also the list, which is the last Friday of every month, 10 p.m. at Little Mountain Gallery. Well, that was Randy Newmeyer uh, <laughs> talking about Sarah Silverman. Uh, join me next week when I talk to Ronald Dario about Lauren Lapkus. Thanks for listening, everybody. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Cave Goblins and check out what we're doing on CaveGoblins.com. Uh, we've just started a Reddit community and a Discord server that you can find through our website, so hop on over there. You can find this podcast on Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. Bye. 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 <laughs>